بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وعن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كنا أزواج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عنده فأقبلت فاطمة رضي الله عنها تمشي ما تخدئ مشيتها من مشية رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم شيئا فلما رآها رحب بها وقال مرحبا بابنتي ثم أجلسها عن يمينه وقال عن شماله ثم سارها فبكت بكاء شديدا فلما رأى جزعها سارها الثانية فضحكت فقلت لها خصك رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من بين نسائه بالسرار بالسرار ثم أنت تبكين فلما قام رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سألتها ما قال لك رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قالت ما كنت أفشي على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سره إلى آخر الحديث Continue with the chapter which deals with guarding or protecting the secret particularly if somebody has confided some private matter to you then it is an amanat and a trust that you protect that and do not divulge that information to somebody else Yesterday we dealt with what was a slightly lengthy riwayat of an incident narrated by Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma with regards to his father Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu at the time when Ummul Mu'mineen Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha was made a widow and he offered a hand in marriage first to Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu then to Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu pertinent to the chapter was the fact that Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, when he received this offer, he remained silent, even though he knew in his heart this would upset Umar ta'ala anhu. The reason for this was that Nabi wasallam had secretly confided in Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu his inclination or interest in offering for the hand of Hafsa ta'ala anha from Sayyidina Umar ta'ala anhu. We mentioned quite a few points and beneficial lessons that we can learn from that particular incident. One or two other points Ulama Ikram mentioned before we begin the next hadith, which I have just read, is that when there is already an interest indicated in someone or someone is considering one proposal, then it is against Shariat that before an answer is given, that another proposal is considered. We find that sometimes this happens. A person has this mindset that I must have as many options as possible. This is not the way Sharia treats nikah. If someone has indicated some interest in a girl, sent a proposal, then and you know about it, then you don't go and start proposing in the same family until they have given an answer to that. This is why Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu said to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu that nothing prohibited me from responding to you when you offered Hafsa's hand to me except that I knew that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had mentioned her. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has indicated interest. And I didn't want to expose the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what he had confided in me. If Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had left her, 
after having mentioned her, decided not to proceed in that direction, then Abu Bakr says that I would have accepted her thereafter. In other words, not at the same time. Also, the famous masla that those women who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was married to in his life at the time of his demise, it is an accepted masla by the ulama kiram that the wives of Rasulullah after his demise will not enter into marriage. It will not be permissible for them to get married to anyone else. One of the reasons or hikmats or wisdom that Ulama Kiram give with regards to this is that Rasulullah like the Adi Ambiya is alive in his grave. So because of that, obviously, in full, the marriage of Nabi Abbaq at his demise does not break off completely. However, if Nabi showed inclination to get married to someone and thereafter he did not follow through on that inclination, he didn't actually get married to her or consummate that marriage, then for such a woman to be married to someone else, Ulama Kiram say, will be permissible. Nevertheless, the next riwayat also pertinent to the chapter, Imam Nawi rahimullah has brought this incident. In this riwayat we find that this incident occurs close to the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wafatul Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ulama kiram say, is one of the greatest and the saddest tragedies that befell not only the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and sahaba but it is one of the greatest tragedies to befall the entire Ummat up till Qiyamat. In fact, ulama say the first sign of Qiyamat was the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So close to the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we uh, would be aware, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went through a very, very difficult and trying illness and bimari. In fact, it's mentioned in the riwayat that he had, he was suffered from great fever. In fact, it's mentioned himself, Inni u'ak kama tu'ak rajulan minkum. That twice, in other words, double what a normal person from the ummah would get fever or sickness. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had doubled that. And the Sahabi observed that, Ya Rasulullah, perhaps it is because Allah wants to give you double the reward. So to this, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam nodded in affirmation. Nevertheless, as we are aware, the last six or seven days of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was spent in the home of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. It is perhaps during that period that Sajan, that this particular incident that is mentioned in this riwayat occurred. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha herself is the narrator of the, narration, of the riwayat she says, we, the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa were with him. Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha came. She was walking. And then Aisha radiallahu anha makes a beautiful observation with regards to the manner of walking of Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. She says, ma tukhti'u mishyatuha min mishyati Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She says, the manner of walking of Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was identical to the walking of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
we find that of the children of Nabiya Pak sallam in infancy all the male children of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away. In fact, even, even the last male child in the latter part of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Sayyidina Ibrahim radiallahu ta'ala anhu, also at the age of about six months or so, passed away. It is only the female children, the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that lived to adulthood. However, we find that he was survived only by one daughter, and that is Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. The other daughters of Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away prior to his demise. Ruqayya, Umm Kulsum, and the, the, in, in the, the three daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away in his lifetime, and at the time of his demise, one daughter survived him, and that was Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. And we find that of the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, she was the most beloved to Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They were one of the, how close she was to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we can gauge from this. Not only did he love her intensely, but her manner of walking also was same as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's mentioned about the noble practice of Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that when he would go on journey, it was his practice, he would meet the wives, etc. And the last person that he would meet before he would proceed on the journey was Fatima radiallahu anha. Thereafter he would read two rakat salah and go in the path of Allah. And when he returned from a journey, the first person that he would meet was Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha after reading two rakat salah. So nevertheless, Aisha radiallahu anha says that we were with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in other words, the azwaj al mutahharat the wives of Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha came to visit her father. She says her manner of walking was identical to that of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he saw her, he became extremely happy, overjoyed to see her. He welcomed her. And he said, Marhaban bi ibnati. Welcome to my beloved daughter. Very, very important lesson we learn from this. To what we call izhar e muhabbat. To show love and affection for our children is part of shariat. It is part of deen. It was, part, it was the noble practice of Nabiya Pak Wasallam himself. In fact, it's mentioned in the riwayat where it comes to the grandchildren of Rasulullah Wasallam. Hassan and Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would, at that time he was over 50 years of age, yet he would crawl on all fours on the ground with the grandchildren on the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would play with them in that manner. So to what we call izhar e muhabbat, to display affection for our children, for our grandchildren, this is sunnah, it is part of the Noble practice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Having a harsh temperament, being overly strict and rigid, many of us have this mindset that that is dindari, taqwa, piety. Whereas if you look in seerah, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made the tarbiyat of his children, grandchildren through muhabbat, through love, through shafqat, through affection. So this is something we should try and implement in our lives. In fact, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the mafum of the riwayat, he said, Akrimu awladakum. He said, honor your children. Honor, give them ikram, make their ikram, give them honor. 
It's mentioned about him that when he was in the home of Umm Ayman radiallahu ta'ala anha, and he was visited by Fatima, when she knocked at the door, immediately, out of joy, he made the observation, innaha ladakku Fatima. He said, I can, I, can I can gauge that that is the knock of Fatima. So close he was. And it is mentioned when she would come, Nabi Wasallam would stand up. He would go towards her. He would embrace her. He would kiss her on her forehead. And many times, he would make her sit next to him. As we see on this occasion also, Aisha radiallahu says, the Nabi Wasallam became happy. He welcomed her and he said, Marhaban bi ibnati. Ibnati, again is Arabic expression, literal translation, my daughter, but intonation or from the siyaq of the manner in which it is expressed, it, the, it carries the meaning of affection. Welcome to my beloved daughter. Then Aisha radiallahu goes on to say, then he made her sit on his right side or his left side. In other words, he brought her close to him and he made her sit right next to him. And then Allah's Rasul sallallahu pertinent to the chapter we are, that we are discussing, thumma sarraha. Thereafter he whispered something to her. In other words, he told her something in secret. Inshallah we'll continue.